Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Gateway Rescue Mission, meeting the physical and spiritual needs of the homeless right here in Jackson, Mississippi. Check us out at www.gatewaymission.org. This is Rebecca Turner, and thank you for listening to the Good Things Podcast here on Super Talk Mississippi. It's Mississippi's Radio Happy Hour. Well, I'm going to Mississippi. Mississippi, here I come. You're listening to Good Things with Rebecca Turner. Well, I'm going to Mississippi. Mississippi, here I come. Bringing you the good stories of Mississippi's people, places, and things to do. Now, now, here's Rebecca. Good afternoon, Super Talk Mississippi. You're tuned into your radio happy hour. That's Good Things. I'm your host, Rebecca Turner. Now, don't forget, you can listen to Good Things. We are streaming live over at supertalk.fm. We're also streaming from the Super Talk Mississippi app. And, of course, you can always find us, too, on your local Super Talk Mississippi radio station. And you can watch Good Things. We are on your computer or your mobile device. Just head on over to Super Talk TV. But if you've been over to the Good Things Facebook group yet today, you'll notice National Cookie Day. And so we're asking you, what is your favorite cookie? You can tell us there. Or you can tell us on the ceasefire text line, 601-879-4395. And to celebrate, we got the best in the business when it comes to cookies in the studio with us, which you can see her over at Super Talk TV as well. Beth Hennington, she's the Vanillin. I still love that name. Yeah, and last, it marks almost a year ago. Well, it has been a year ago that you were on Food Network's Christmas uh, Cookie Challenge. That was season six. And yeah. you even got some reruns coming up. That's cool to be yeah. like, you're in the rerun sort yeah. of phase of things now. <laughs> Do you ever think you'd have like reruns of no. yourself on TV, Beth? No. no, never thought about a rerun, but that's probably where I need to live in the reruns. <laughs> I don't know. People pretty well when it gets to the fact that they want to replay what you guys uh, what you guys did a year ago so we actually got to talk to you i guess as the show was developing last year you came yeah. on for the first time you but you have been doing cookies professionally man a lot longer than this last kind of year but how has this last year kind of just spiraled in the best way for you since the show oh it's been amazing i mean so many different opportunities and the doors that it has opened has just just phenomenal i'm been the closing speaker at cookie con i've taught classes all over the u.s it's just it's just i'm speaking engagements it's just fabulous and you who'd have thought folks would be that into cookies right or decorating but i think it's one of those things you feel like you like there's a lot of us who feel like we could get better at it for sure i think we all could get better at it that's number one and then if you are artistic there's a lot of folks really leaning into it as sort of a hobby or a oh, side cool. gig Cookies and all these are like pine trees they're everywhere they're, they are definitely <laughs> everywhere. everywhere and people like them and then they get eaten and then you need more of them so that That's makes right. for a great uh sort of product to sort of put out okay tell me about uh cookie con is that kind of like comic-con but for for cookies, cookies yeah, yeah. So if, if you're not a cookier, explain CookieCon to us. So CookieCon is a convention every year um, held in a different place in the U.S. somewhere, and we get together and we cookie. We make cookies. We have cookie classes. Um, and there are people there from beginners who are just learning how to hold a piping bag all the way to people that are painting and, you know, just honing in on their skills. Where would you say is the hardest to teach? Um, or who is the hardest to teach, should I say? The beginner? Kiddos. 
Oh, kiddos. She said she said that's kids. Like, yeah, I look over in the you know they're like got the icing bag head tilted back. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I did a uh, a cookie decorating class for my daughter for my oldest for her seventh birthday. I was big pregnant yeah. with her sister, and never again. Because yeah. of that reason, mm-hmm. yeah, it's load up. Seven, mm-hmm. Maybe if they were older, it was a cute idea yeah. to think about that in theory. In theory, <laughs> yeah. but then it's you know, yeah, that's a lot of sugar and mm-hmm. a lot of seven year olds, and yeah. it doesn't unless you have an open field for them to then go <laughs> run and sort yeah, of enjoy. Right. It doesn't it doesn't end well no. um, in that way. What's the largest cookie class that you've taught so far? Um, a hundred plus, probably one hundred fifteen. That's crazy. Yeah. Well, what was the ba- okay? So, what was the basics of that class? Um, teaching painting and how to paint royalizing transfers, and then put them on said cookie. So they look more realistic. Yeah. How long have you been in the cookie business, Beth? About five years. So, what is the biggest trends that have changed over the last half decade? Like when you first got into it, cookie. Well, okay, so. Cookies have really kind of changed the cookie game. I mean, the party game. Think about parties that you go to now, bridal showers, weddings, birthday parties. Like, there's cookies at every event you go to now. That that wasn't a thing, Mm-mm. you know. And so that's – I think people thought it was a fad. Hey, all these people doing these cookies, but it's it's kind of here. Is it because you can personalize them? I think so. And eat You them? can make it <laughs> – and eat them, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, and like when I go – like – if I'm teaching at, say, Holmes Community College here and teaching their culinary class, I can, um, you know, I can make that a specific Holmes logo cookie. And that's that's something everybody that goes to Holmes wants. It's a cookie you know? that, right, that's something that everybody yeah. wants. So you can personalize it. You can personalize it. When you first started, how big were, like, was it just selling by the dozens or were you still getting, like, larger <laughs> yeah. orders? So when I first started, I charged $35 for my first dozen and I was tickled pink that somebody bought it because it wasn't good didn't taste good at all <laughs> and that's kind of the part too like if you to to be a good cookier yeah is not because you i feel like we've all been in that um, boat beth where we've seen really good looking ones uh-huh. and then bit into them it tasted like we were biting into a rock <laughs> like our cardboard, or cardboard yeah. and then that was a letdown or you're like oh it's lacking on the beauty side but then you bite into it it's, it's like, like this is the best thing <laughs> i've right. ever put in my mouth right. which i think most folks i guess unless they're taking photos would prefer a cookie that tastes good so did it take you a while to perfect the right cookie recipe to then be able to cookie cut that would keep its... I wouldn't say it took me a while because, I mean, if this is what you're doing full-time, you pretty much got to get that real quick. <laughs> or you're not going to have, you know, repeat business. Um, you're just going to be making people mad. So I, I, I honed in on that pretty quick. But, I, I mean, in the beginning, the very beginning, that, bless whoever bought those, I'm so sorry. Do you remember what they were? Do you remember the decorations? Um, yes, they were little Frappuccino cookies because my daughter does, you know, makes cookie cutters. And they were Frappuccinos, and they were god-awful. They were cute, but they did not taste good. Did they come back? Was it a repeat customer? It was because I did apologize profusely. (laughs) (laughs) I am so sorry. This is a terrible product. But if you come back next time and give me another 35, I promise we will improve on the taste. So what what is it? Because making cookies really is a – baking is a science. I feel like you can really screw up cakes quickly. You can really (laughs) screw up cookies, I think, even faster. They just – and I think right now most of us are looking forward to that time where we're going to – and, and have that tradition of making our homemade cookies for, you know, putting out for Santa. Right. And it's okay if they don't look good. That's part of the, 
that is part of the fun when it's just you and your family. Yeah. But then there's some who are trying to maybe do a little better and you 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 do the you know, you do the thing and then it doesn't come out like the thing. Like right. the Christmas tree comes out like a big blob. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing that usually gets right is the ornament because it's just round <laughs> but you know the candy cane and all the other things can can right. morph into things that aren't what they're supposed to be yes. what's why is it morphing it's because it's like you said there's a science in baking but there's also a science in the icing so the royal icing is your kicker so once you figure out your royal icing you're actually golden there's different consistencies and you're going to use thicker for a christmas tree versus a thinner flood for your ornaments but you can't like you said if you're doing it at home and you're doing it with your kids Buy the, buy the dough that's in a roll and take it out, roll it out, and let them cut shapes. It's going to be just as good, and they're going to have just as much fun. So take the pressure off yourself yeah. of actually having to make the yeah. actual cookie from Absolutely. scratch. I think that's a, that is a, that's some good advice, unless you just enjoy having the mess around your house. That's right. Or like right. seeing them turn out into, what's it coming out of the oven to look like this? There you go. You know, sort of this time. And if you're looking for a good royal icing, I do have the royal icing recipe that I use for free on my website. Oh, what's your website? TheVanillin.com. So do you do you turn your nose up at folks who use, like, store-bought icing? Absolutely not. Oh, I thought she was going to absolutely no. But you are vanillin. <laughs> <laughs> no, but if you do buy store-bought icing, take it out of that can, can. put it in a bowl, and use your hand mixer and woof it up. Really? Yep. And then I'll make it just take it to the next level. Voila. Then you just so is the is it really just in the in the piping, like in yes. the in the presentation of it? Mm-hmm. Can you have too much icing? Absolutely. Really? Uh, yeah. Well, I'm a, uh, that's what I like going for. Well, I'm and I I say that because I'm not a huge fan of the icing. So people that are would be like vanilla now i like to use like the icing's the dip and then the cookie is there just you the utensil in which to get it with but that's the beauty of making them <laughs> <laughs> making them at home but then that's also the beauty of having someone make them for you so then you don't have to do all of that um, mess together right so i hear you're booked out for until next year till may of next year how does that feel it's, thank you, Jesus. Let us pray. <laughs> so I'm, yes. I would be curious at what like your daily routine looks like in terms of do you just wake up? I just imagine you have like I imagine that you're well, you're the vanilla. And so it would be not quite like Santa's workshop, but with a little <laughs> bit of an edge that you just wake up and you kind of have all of it going at once. Yeah. And it's a hot sundown. mess. <laughs> Truly. Do you make that? Is your is your kitchen at? Well, you know what? That's a good place to All stop. Right. We'll ask you that. Is your kitchen in your home? We've got more. If you got questions for the vanilla, 601-879-4395. It is National Cookie Day, and we'll get to some of your favorite cookies coming up next as well.
making your afternoon just a little brighter. It's Good Things with Rebecca Turner on Super Talk Mississippi. Back to good things. Don't forget, you can find us on your computer, your mobile device. Just head on over to Super Talk TV. We're continuing our conversation with the Vanillin, the Cookie Queen, Beth Hennington. Last year, she was on Food Network's Christmas Cookie Challenge, Season Six, which will start. When would do reruns? Reruns start, Beth. I think the sixth and the seventh. And then that way, if you want to catch them, that way you can. Um, if not, though, you can see your work all over social media where you post the most beautiful cookies that you've Thanks. been commissioned to sort of make. But past like the decorative ones, it's National Cookie Day. So other than your sugar cookie that you make to decorate, what would be your favorite cookie, Beth? I make a lemon cheesecake cookie that is so good. It's just sinful. It has a graham cracker crust bottom and it is it's just divine. Yes. And yeah. you brought us today, Rhino and I, I what did you bring us? I brought you some gingerbread crackle cookies. And they were, slap your mama, pretty delicious. The only thing that was missing was my cup of coffee, yeah. which you brought yeah. us enough. I'll just, you know what, I'll just have to make a pot <laughs> there you go. to enjoy, enjoy the next one. So when you got into the cookie business five years ago, was it decorating that was your main or were you already making all kinds of cookies? Because those who just decorate to sell don't always bleed into other cookies to make but there's a whole world of cookies out there that don't need decorating correct um i've always baked and I always baked with my grandmother mother daughter so we, we we're just bakers um and so i've always made cookies um and then eventually started into the decorating side of them so it was initially just you know baking we have Scott and Canton on the C Spire text line, Beth, that says chocolate, hey. coconut, and nut fudge oh my are his favorite. And then my mama's homemade chocolate oatmeal cookies. And then Matthew the bagpiper has to be wah, wah, wah as a diabetic. <laughs> I'm totally kidding, Matthew. I know it's part of it. Anything that's sugar-free, which is for a baker, just you're like, ah. Yeah. But, hey, they've come a long way they really have. in recipes and products and things that you can uh, do for that. And there, there's a cookie for everyone there is. out there. There's dairy-free. There's gluten-free. Mm-hmm. There's sugar-free. There's all kinds of cookies. You just have to – are those more niche, though, because baking is a science, Beth? Do you really feel like those who excel in maybe the food allergy category – you know, one or the other, or yeah. can you do both? I think you can do both. It just takes a lot of time in the development, in the research and development side, because there is a lot of testing. Because, I mean, you, you cannot put it, but it still needs to taste good, mm-hmm. you know? Especially if you're going to put out out there and put your name on it, uh-huh. which you were telling us or um, off air, Beth, that you have a free a recipe on your website for pecan pie cookies. Oh, girl. And I think of all the cookies I've ever had, I don't know if I've ever even mm. heard of that. So is this a Beth Hennington original? Yeah, you're or, welcome. <laughs> or is this something that maybe I just am today years old and have never heard about? No, I think pecan pie cookies have been around, but this one is one that I just played around with, and it is, it's it's golden. Is it hard to make? No. I was like, does so it have easy. the Does it have it the has filling? The good, yeah, girl. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we will link that to um, in the Good Things Facebook group okay. uh, later. That way to make it easy for folks to see if you want to take a twist to your um, holiday gathering instead mm-hmm. of just a pecan pie for those that sort of enjoy it. What's the hardest cookie for you to make, Beth? 
The hardest cookie was probably, okay, so when I was on the Food Network, I made a maple bacon pecan cookie, um, and it had liquid smoke in it. It's it's just so complex. I mean, it just it's mm-hmm. hard to make, you know, to, like to get it right. It's not hard to and make. And under it's pressure. Just, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe that's why I feel that way. Yeah, well, I mean, it's, uh, it's I mean, one timed. thing. You're timed. you got all these folks looking down on you. There's, like, money on the line, all the yeah. things. You know, that takes your stress level to yeah. sort of the next. We we went to break talking about maybe what a typical day looks like for a professional cookier who is booked out until May of 2024. So what I know today has been a busy media day for you. You've been on national news this morning, <laughs> yeah. local news here with us on Good Things, and um, and all to talk about cookie day but on a baking day like what does it look like in your santa workshop so it is kind of like santa workshop and i do have a day where i bake so i will get up really early and when i say early like i go to bed after will of fortune and i'm up at like 4 4 30 and i'll have a baking day where every cookie has been designed um, which design day is actually harder than baking day to sit down and design these sets for the themes. And, you know, if he wants Winnie the Pooh or because it's want, not every cookie's the same. That's right. Or yeah. you want a nutcracker theme or sitting down and actually designing what's going to go on each cookie and kind of drawing it out is it's a lot more time consuming than actually going into the kitchen and baking. I mean, I can. You know, I can sling some dough and bake some cookies quick. Um, and I do all that on a certain day. So I have a design day. I have a bake day. I have an icing day. And I have a decorating day. So it doesn't all happen in one day. It's like a whole three or four or five day process, you know, when somebody calls and they're like, hey, can you, you know, can I get two dozen cookies tomorrow? <laughs> tomorrow. Yeah. You're like, like, oh, uh, you're cute. That's so fun. <laughs> yeah, no. No. <laughs> but I think too when you when you talk about the level of skill or just the intentionality to it and you think too like the artistic side of it, yeah, I mean it just takes a lot of time. You don't necessarily just whoop out oh, something, no. you know, that, that easily. Right. Because you you're I mean, you're a business owner and you work you wear I wear every hat. So after all the decorating's done and they're drying and then I go back and paint them or highlight them and then they have to be bagged and heat sealed and then they have to be packaged and then they have to be picked. It's a lot. I won't say the strangest because that's probably not the best adjective, Beth, but the <laughs> most interesting request you've gotten for cookies that's family friendly. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so the um, the Tony's Tamales. Uh-huh. I made cookies for Tony Tamales that that's here in town, you know, local. How do you make a tamale at cookie? Right. I mean, it looked like a tamale, and it you just didn't want to. It was so confusing, Did you know. I, yeah, because you thought you, it would look. You thought it so it looked as realistic as a yes. tamale. and so you're like, hmm. Well, they're they're gonna have fun with these, and then they probably did. Yeah, they did. What's yeah. the most requested? Oh dear God, Paw Patrol. Really? I hate Paw Patrol. <laughs> The vanilla coming out in you. Yeah, I don't. I no longer take Paw Patrol. <laughs> oh, bless it. I was just going to ask for a favor of summer 2024. Absolutely not. <laughs> well, I think things absolutely do come into their faces. I'm surprised you didn't say something like Frozen or some of uh, the other ones, but they would probably. That's interesting. Paw Patrol. They're having their moment in the cookie world. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's funny. Poor, poor Ryder and the rest of the gang. <laughs> right. <laughs> What's your favorite? What is your favorite kind of, or is there, I guess they're all 
all different. So when you get a client that wants something or commissioned, or do you like the off-the-wall ones? Like, what's your favorite, I guess, uh, celebration or moment of joy to be a part of? Something that, oh, oh so event. Or, or not. whatever. Um, I love a good baby shower. I love a good baby shower. But theme-wise, I like to do something that I've never done before. So like if somebody calls me and wants 600 cookies I'm like oh no I can't do that same thing over and over and over and over and over like I would go crazy but if you call me and want me to do two dozen of something and it's something I've never done then that's oh yeah I'm on it that looks, that's a lot of fun what's the most you've ever done for an order 600 it's, cookies like true like a, yeah no a, a th- I had a thousand yeah. For what? Yeah. I think Paw Patrol? Was, no, Is that why we don't sc- like Oh, absolutely not. No, it was a school. I think oh, it was okay. a school. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No. So if people are wanting, if they're thinking they want a vanilla and cookie, they need to go ahead and think about getting on the docket for 2024. Yes, for the summer of 2024. <laughs> that's pretty, that's yeah. impressive. When you, five years ago, because you were a full-time, if I remember correctly, you were in real estate mortgage. I owned a mortgage company. You yeah. owned a mortgage company. When you hung, thank God you got out of that one. You did. Yeah. <laughs> Traded <laughs> in the warranty deeds for five and back. Uh, when you when you stepped away, not knowing what we all know now in terms of that, but yeah. um, was it? I mean, did you know it'd be successful, or did you Absolutely give yourself not. a timeline? No, I had no clue. But I mean, you know, you you. I think when you, I've always been entrepreneurial and done things. You know, I've owned mm-hmm. a mural business. Owned, you know, art's always been there just not in the forefront and so i knew i had the ability and i think when you're backed in that corner you just know you have to you just do it like there's there's not an option there's not an option yeah. well, now you've got plenty of options and if folks want to catch you on rerun which sounds so much fun it will be on the food network it's the christmas cookie challenge season six you said that starts the sixth and seventh i think i mean you can watch it anytime on discovery if you have discovery but uh food network it will yeah, be on the you're flipping and channels you'll see that where can they go to keep up with you for any other exciting updates or news you may be sharing beth i'm the vanillin on all social media on all social media and your website to get that free pecan cookie recipe thevanillin.com or you can just go to the good things facebook group i will be posting that shortly all right beth you'll have to come we'll have to make december 4th our day yay so we'll we can you go ahead and schedule me on december 4th 2024 okay bring me some more cookies next time you got it all right y'all stick with this we got more for you coming up next Rebecca Turner. She looks healthy and sane. Good Things with Rebecca Turner continues on Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome 
about to good things. Don't forget we are streaming live over at supertalk.fm. We're also streaming from the Supertalk Mississippi app. You can always find us, too, on your local Supertalk Mississippi radio station. And now you can find 15 total teams when it comes to robotics competitions here in Mississippi. Four new robotics teams have been added for the 2024 season. Joining us to tell us a little bit more about the whole sport is Miss Carolyn Arthurs. She is the regional director for FIRST Robotics Competition. Hey, Carolyn. Hey, how's it going today? It's going well, and I'm so excited to hear we have expanded to 15 total teams here in the state, and for that, that's going to be like high school teams, correct, Carolyn? Yes, and we actually have six rookies this year in 2024. Pretty amazing growth. Oh, that is amazing. Okay, so when we hear robotics competition, I know some are familiar with it. Others are are thinking it's the coolest thing ever like me and maybe aren't really into it. How do you sort of describe FIRST, FIRST Robotics Competition? First is, well, first of all, it stands for it, for inspiration and recognition of science and technology. And what we try to do with FIRST is use a robotics platform to develop the person, the entire person. So, yes, they're learning about STEM. They're learning about automation. They're learning about manufacturing, machine learning. But at the same time, they're also learning how to work as a team, how to be a leader, how to uh, manage their time how to do project management, all of these transferable skills that they can then use, whether they're going into the workforce or they're going directly into a career or even in military enlistment. So it's really an all-around, well-rounded program for these high school students. Is it through the school, Carolyn, or these independent teams that can sort of sprout up? You know, obviously they have to be school-aged, but within the community. We actually have both. And uh, in Mississippi, one of the models that I've been using as I'm recruiting teams is what we call a community model, a community-based team. So let's say out of those rookies that we have that are starting in 2024, we have Laurel High School who's starting, and they are, that is going to be attached to Laurel High School so that only Laurel students in, in that high school can participate on that team. But on the other side, we also have Forest County, Scott County, and Jasper County, they're all starting teams as well. And those are more community-based teams. So if you're in that county, you can participate on those teams, whether you're at one of the schools, you're at the CTE center, or if you're in a homeschool situation. So it's really great with the access and inclusion element. We can really pinpoint more students when we're talking about that community model. Okay, so I understand that they build a robot that obviously has to do tricks and do all the things, and they come, they bring it to a competition, and then it's kind of like, you know, I'm thinking of like a turtle race. You you release them all and see what they can do, but probably <laughs> probably a little more complicated than that. So how do they know, like, in terms of their, like, themes each year, Carolyn, or their specific tasks that have to be completed? Because when you take a bunch of parts and say just build a robot, you really, you know, you could get a thousand different things from a, just the same 100 parts. So true. Yes, that is so true. So, yeah, each year we do change the theme. So this year the theme is first in show. So we're bringing in the art element. And the so we actually have K through 12 or pre-K through 12 programming. And each level of programming has a different theme that relates to that main theme. So with the high school competition this year, our theme is crescendo. And we actually won't know what that really means until January 6th. So it's coming up really close here 
January 6th, the first Saturday of every uh, year, so the first Saturday in January, is when we do our global kickoff. And it's simulcast through Twitch and NASA, and the Mississippi teams are going to go down to NASA, Stennis Space Center, Infinity Center, and they're going to watch it. Hopefully most of them will be able to make it down there and watch it all at once. We are going to have our rookies, um, all but I think one of them is able to get down and be there for that event. They're going to watch together. They're going to learn exactly what they have to do with their robots this year, and they're going to do that right next to veteran teams. So it's a really good opportunity for the, the rookies and the veterans to be able to work together. So they'll find out what tasks the robot physically has to do. So maybe it has to pick something up and put it in an, another location. Maybe it has to bring something across the field. Maybe it has to do a pull-up. Maybe it has to stack something. Maybe it has to stack on top of each other. We never know. So one of the things that they'll be watching for is all of the different ways that the mechanics and the programming of these robots, how many ways can they make these different tasks happen? And what's really kind of interesting about this competition, you're saying, like, you know, let loose the hounds. You know, we have a little bit more, um, more organization than that, but it is kind of a crazy atmosphere and a very exciting atmosphere. What we do is we give the teams on the morning that they arrive for competition, we give them a list, and it's randomly generated, and they get into teams of three. So it's alliances of three teams, and one match, they might be working with one team, and then the next match, they might actually be competing against that same team. So within that scope of 48, 42, whatever we end up with in the final count of the Magnolia Regional, they could they have to know all of their own strengths as well as their own weaknesses so that when they get paired up with these other alliance partners, they can recognize what that partner's strength is, and they come together as a team and they say, okay, this round, we're going to do this part, you're going to do this part, and then we're going to work together to make sure that we can attain the goal. And then the next time, they know they might be against that person, and so they can use that to that advantage, or that team, rather, so they can use that to their advantage. It's a really, really interesting model and much much related to sports, so it's a, it's a familiar model when you watch it. Well, I, I love, too, we've had the Brandon team here on Good Things before uh, one of their competitions. You had uh, kids who may be in other extracurriculars that would have never crossed paths, crossing paths from football to show choir to band to all the things, but then they come together for their first competition and sort of showing that, you know, you may be good at this skill or that skill, but then you can also be good at, at um, STEM or sort of technology. There's a place for everybody um, on it in yeah. that way. It doesn't have to be necessarily athletic ability. Uh, Abilities only, or just nerdy abilities only. You can be nerdy and athletic, or all the things uh, to make this sort of happen. Absolutely. So, Carolyn, yeah, what's one absolutely. of the biggest roadblocks for people listening that may think, "Gosh, I'd want one of those in my community or at my school"? What are what is one of the biggest roadblocks to folks making taking that step and and getting that done? Yeah, I think the biggest roadblock that we have. Every state's a little bit different. I think that one of the biggest roadblocks that we have for Mississippi is actually mentors. You would think off the top that it might be money, but we have some amazing sponsors in Mississippi. We have some companies that have really stepped up. Every single team that's being started in Mississippi for the first two years is sponsored by NASA. 
for example. I mean, can you imagine these kids are going to be able to communicate and be able to work with NASA as high schoolers? I mean, that's amazing. And then when we talk about the, the other areas where Mississippi Power is the service area of Mississippi Power, they're actually sponsoring teams not just for the first two years, but for as long as they're a team. So those two sponsors are really key. In one of our areas, we have HOMAC as one of our sponsors. They've stepped up to provide some mentors. But going back to the mentor idea, the skill sets that are required to be able to have these kids really have success, there's, there's a broad range. It can be a technical mentor, but it could also be a non-technical mentor. We need people like machinists. We need programmers in Java and Python and other types of code. But then we also need people that are really good at project management, really good at just being organized. Of, of a team member and be able to just keep them wrangled and keep them fed and keep the, keep the team logistics in order because they do have to travel sometimes for these events. So I, I would say that the number one obstacle or challenge, let's just call it a challenge, not an obstacle. I don't want to be negative. The number one would be mentorship. And then probably the number two would be the sustainability of funding. So, Carolyn, if you got folks interested in it, where can they go to learn more or see if there's a team in their in their area and what's coming up? I think the best way to do it, especially for Mississippi, is to go to our local website, which is www.frc, that's as in first robotics competition, frcla-ms, so it's frc Louisiana, Mississippi, frcla-ms.org. And you'll find my contact information plastered all over that website. And you can always email me and tell me what you're interested in, whether it's starting a team, becoming a mentor. You could be a part-time mentor or a full-time mentor or even volunteering at our event. Our event is going to be March 14th through 16th. The public days are the 15th and the 16th. And we welcome everyone to come. It is a free event. It's family-friendly. Just don't wear open-toed shoes. And we'll give you some safety goggles to make sure everyone stays safe. Carolyn, I feel like we'll be talking a little bit more in 2024. I'm all over this. I think it's super cool and a great opportunity for our students. So I appreciate your time. Thank you so much for the opportunity. We've got some great support in your area. I'd love to bring some teams on in the future. Thanks so much. All righty. You guys stick with us. we got more good for you coming up next. Beat, positive, and stories that make you smile. This is Good Things with Rebecca Turner on Super Talk Mississippi, the Super Talk app, and at supertalk.fm. I'm a morning time, and we're going strong, headed up down the river.
Welcome back to Good Things. Don't forget, we are streaming live over at supertalk.fm. We hope you know you can always find us, too, on your local Supertalk Mississippi radio station. And you can find us, too, over at Supertalk TV on your computer or your mobile device. But if you're on the Book of Faces, you can find us on the Good Things Facebook group. Uh, we have a lot of fun there. And two reasons to go today. One, to share what your favorite cookie is because it's National Cookie Day. And then, two, if you want to get the free cookie recipe that the Vanillin left us, uh, and it's a pecan pie cookie recipe, which I'll have to admit, the idea is amazing. The idea of taking, you know, you've seen many pecan pies, like even little bites, tarts. little tarts. But if you could make one into like a cookie and have that kind of still the cons- the gooey consistency, then that is going to be a home run at whatever your upcoming uh, holiday party would be. But then some just like it, you know, more of the normal. Gina says a white chocolate macadamia cookie. I mean, not mad at it. There really is nothing. There are comparable cookies, but there's really nothing that compares or overrides, in my opinion, hot out of the oven, perfectly warm and melty, just good old chocolate chip cookie with a glass of milk. I think those two pairings together, there are things that compare that I would think would be is equally delicious, but it's like really, a peanut butter cookie with a glass of milk. Yes, it's just really hard to beat right out of the oven. Let it sit for just a little while so it does start to form and then fully break apart when you pick it up. But it's still there's heat to it from from the oven. I want it barely yeah. cool enough I can eat it. Yeah, I don't want it to be so hot that it's now like you're just eating hot cookie dough. Although I'm not mad at that either, but like <laughs> but it's that finding that right temperature for for the chocolate chip cookie okay what are your favorite uh, i divided mine between cookies you make and cookies you buy cookies i make peanut butter cookie is king with the little cross hat you make mm-hmm. with the fork you can eat those like almost like can't like oh yeah popcorn. you can just keep eating them and they're probably one of the easiest cookies to make i think they're even easier than sugar cookies because you can you can get the wrong proportions in a sugar cookie and it doesn't form a cookie anymore it's kind of hard to mess up a peanut butter cookie recipe. But then for cookies you buy, the one that just immediately came to mind, so I had to run with it because obviously it's top of mind, the double chocolate chunk cookie from the cookie store at the mall. Mm. I don't even know if the name of the cookie store is the cookie store. It may it be is. the Great American Cookie Company. It may be whatever it is. But the cookie store at the mall, you all know what to talk about. Double chocolate chunk. If you were a kid of the 80s and went to the actual mall, you'll remember what those looked like. You actually parked in a, a parking lot and you went inside a building. Wait, to you go walked inside. around the different stores? You went inside a building and you went inside another. Some of them had a carousel? <laughs> uh, that's where you would find them and you would throw fits if you didn't leave. That, and, and it was what your mom or, or parental, um, whoever was watching you, was, would bribe you with. To either get you to go to the mall because it's something they want to do, or if you shut up and you don't and you act right while we're in Dillard's or Gafers, y'all remember that? Don't break anything in Pier One. Don't break anything. Then we'll stop by the cookie store and get an icing and a cookie on the way out. And so that was whoever came up with putting that store in the mall was just absolutely genius. But they've got those little. it's almost like they just came out of the oven, but they're not really warm. They're real small. They're like a half dollar size kind of cookies, too, that are, that will slip up on you. You could sit there and eat a dozen of them, and you'll be sick. But they go down really fast and, and super easy for sure. But Tanya says a snickerdoodle. I do love a snickerdoodle. Not mad at a snickerdoodle. And then many are just saying Oreo. It's hard to beat Oreo and milk. 
when you're thinking about what can just be on the pantry from the shelf. But I will say there are other cookies that can top that um, experience. From the Ceasefire well. text line on the 601, oatmeal raisin with chocolate chips and pecans. I'll take it. I like an oatmeal raisin, salt, but I appreciate oh, I like appreciate oatmeal. It tastes like the maple syrup. Oatmeal became became a cookie. Someone mentioned crumble cookie. We were running out of time to get into that debate today, but some folks are for it. Some folks think it's overpriced fluff. I don't know, but they're good and they know their marketing because they they do different flavors all the time to keep you keep you coming in. I think that's half the problem people have with it is they find a cookie that's like, this is the most amazing cookie I've ever had. And then you never get it I again. want it forever. Oh, wait. It was just a one-week special. I'll never see this again. I can't handle it. Till they come back and they find something else right. that they that they totally um, enjoy as well. I just love that cookies are part of this uh, time of year's tradition, whether they look good, taste good. Or whatever. I think everyone should at least be making and decorating some cookies at some um, at some part. Derek and Greenwood said insomnia cookies are better. I do believe there. No, there's one at Oxford. There may be other insomnia cookies around the state, but they are pretty doggone good. And they're hot and warm, too, when they come out. Two cookie hot takes to end us off with. One, I don't understand why adding why adding raisins makes it a better cookie in some people's minds. Raisins make it a worse cookie. And number two, the sugar cookies with the icing you buy at Walmart are delicious. I don't care what anybody on the internet says. I agree. We'll leave it there. Mike, drop. All right, stick with us. they got a lot to talk about over on Sports Talk coming up next. Rhino and I will meet you back here tomorrow at 2. But until then, hope you all find time for the good things. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.